Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. How to grow your relationship. Okay, I'm going to give you eight things to do. And when I say do, I mean action. You don't just grow your relationship by thinking. You have to put the action behind the words. So, here we go. Number one, give up the need to be right. Now, hold on. I know you're already getting anxious and (laughs) puffy-chested. This doesn't mean to not have a voice. This doesn't mean to be passive. This doesn't mean to never speak or say what's on your mind. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the constant need that we have sometimes to always be right. Okay, so let me share a quick story. Back in the day when I was a child, (laughs) when I was a boy, um, I'm not talking about when I was 10. I'm talking about when I was in my 30s. I was a newlywed. I was married, and we were in the car. My um, ex-wife at the time had very fair, beautiful skin, Um, and we we're talking about how the sun beats down on the the, uh, the the driver's side window, and how she hates driving because you know the the sun is damaging to her skin. Um, and I said she should just tint the side windows. And so we started arguing on if the tint by tinting the window, if that would you know protect protect the UV, affect the UV rays and your skin. Uh, my brother happens to be in the car business, so I was positive that I was right. I knew that it did. She said it didn't. Anyway, we were arguing back and forth, um, and I, I had to be right, right? So it got to the point where uh, she ended up crying. And I realized, looking back at it, that it really wasn't about the tinted windows. It was about a lot of other things and her not being heard, etc. And that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg. My point is, I didn't have to be right. You know, it's okay. It would have been better if I knew that um, she just wanted to express herself. It, it, and, but instead, I held on to the tug of war rope. Uh, I wanted to plead my case. I wanted to make sure that I was right because I had facts. And I think that if you are always doing this, and we can do this in relationships because we get so comfortable with ourselves, uh, and there is a friendliness and a healthiness to. Um, Arguments, right? Or, you know, uh, disagreeing on different topics. That's not a bad thing. Or uh, friendly games where you're very competitive and that can also um, produce closeness. But if you always have to be right or if you always have to win and that is your angle and that is your approach to this relationship, and I don't know if that was from the beginning or that's a new thing now, um, I want you to think about it and look at it because that is not going to help you grow your relationship. Usually, if you always have to be right, there's something underneath it. Yes, that might just be a personality thing. Like maybe you are literally a lawyer in real life and this is <laughs> this is what you do for, your, for a living. So it's really hard to separate that. And when you come home or when you're with your friends, um, you're always – everything's the case and you want to win or you have to be right. I get that. That's fair. Um, but most people – when they always have to be right, um, there's something deeper going on, you know, uh, something unresolved, either within themselves or with the relationship or with the partner. Um, maybe there's some anger, maybe there's some resentment, maybe you're trying to get back at your partner. 
Uh, maybe if you think you're wrong, or maybe if you know she or he thinks you're wrong, um, then that means something about you, right? And then if that means something about you, then some kind of definition in your head, um, some kind of construct falls apart, and you're you don't want that to happen. So you are doing everything you can to prove that you are right. So number one, give up the need to always be right. Number two, take interest in what interests her. Okay, and I'm going to say her because I'm really hoping that a lot of men um, listen to this audio course. And if you're not a man, uh, send this to a man. <laughs> send this, whether it's your man or you have guy friends or whatever. Um, you guys know that I'm super passionate about creating a dialogue for to challenge men to be better. Um, I really think that this audio course would be great uh, for men in general. And I'm not doing this to, 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 to advertise this. I actually believe it. It's, it's something that I um, am really passionate about. So I'm going to use the word her, hoping that men are listening to this. Okay, so number two is take interest in what interests her. I think it's easy to get caught up in our own stuff and, and what we like to do. Um, and then when she wants to do something, uh, we blow it aside or we're like, ah, I don't want to. And suddenly, uh, it's not fair. You know, it's then it's not a partnership. It's someone doing life around you. Right. So, uh, for example, um, I know what I like to do. Um, I like fitness. I like, um, eating out at diners. I like, um, riding motorcycles. Right. I like, uh, doing things in the city here's what I don't like um, well I, I just don't like as much right uh, planes traveling going to I know you guys are like well, are you nuts but I, I've just never been interested in traveling for some reason I am now more than ever before but I, I'm just a city dweller and to go out into the country or like um, you know like just to walk barefoot in nature those are things that I don't like, but here's the thing. If I know that the person I choose to love likes those things, then I make an effort to be interested. Um, and by, But what I mean by be interested is not only ask about them, but also participate, right? Um, if we're not talking about activities, what about interests? So like, I'm not a big fan of, I don't know, classical music, right? Um, I don't listen to a lot of classical music. But if she does, then I will take interest in it and I will be curious about it and I will listen to what she has to say and also I will wonder what what about it interests her because that'll get me to know her better, right? And so that would mean a lot to her, you know, as it would me if someone has no desire to go in the gym and do squats um, but decides to do it not for me but because she knows that it's something that I love to do and she's curious about it and she's willing to try it right and that's what this is about and so when you have two people doing that um, you have two people stretching you have two people growing and you have the relationship itself uh, evolving and growing and now you're sharing activities and you're also um, stretching yourself right because if you only like what you like, whether it's food or a certain beer or whatever, and you have every right to like what you like, um, but you never venture out to to to, uh, 
you know, try new things, whether it's an activity um, or, or, I mean, even in the bedroom, right, sexual things or try new foods or have new experiences. Um, one, you're going to be a very boring person <laughs> unless both of you guys are exactly the same way. Then you just have two boring people and maybe that works. But um, the relationship isn't going to grow. You know, it's just it's going to have a ceiling. So take interest in what interests her. Not because you have to, okay? Because you want to. And because you know that by doing so, your relationship will grow. All right, number three. Never stop courting her. Now listen, you don't have to write her name in the sky. You don't have to buy her uh, uh, jewelry and diamonds and shit. Um, But what happens is when we first meet someone... We naturally court that person, right? And, and vice versa. This isn't just for, um, I'm not just talking to women. I'm, I mean, I'm not just talking to men. I'm also talking to women. Um, we're courting each other. You know, however way we want to do that, we do it, right? So that kind of ch- exciting chase, that should always be in a relationship. And I think a lot of people stop doing that um, a couple of years in. They stop doing that when you move in together. Uh, they stop doing that when you have kids, Right? Never stop courting. Know that that is what love looks like. Love isn't just about I love you, I'm here for you. Um, it's about I will flirt with you. It's about I will um, keep the banter going and I will be thoughtful and I will continue to, uh, in a healthy way, chase after you as if you're not mine yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, you're... You, you're never someone's because you know relationships aren't about possession. But you know what I mean. That creates an engine where people are spontaneous and people are flirtatious. Um, it creates an engine where the excitement continues. When two people stop courting each other, it could get very routine, very stale. And listen, that shit rolls into the bedroom and suddenly you guys are doing the same exact thing, same positions, same experiences. Um... And again, it doesn't grow your relationship. It stunts it, right? Number four, I love this one, mindfulness. Practice mindfulness in your relationship, in everything, right? So here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you are eating dinner or or a quick lunch or if you're sharing a five-minute cup of coffee before you rush off to work. Be as present as you can. And a part of mindfulness isn't just using your senses to anchor you and to be present. It's also being aware of what's happening inside you, right? So your feelings, how you feel, and then, and then expressing that stuff. You know, if you um, sit next to your partner and you guys are sharing coffee and you're being mindful, you're being very present. You're not being in your head. You're not thinking about work or traffic or anything. You're lick, licking um, at your partner, giving uh, her your undivided attention. Maybe you're also touching her, right, with your hand or something, um, communicating. And also you're aware of what's happening inside you and how that feels and that presence and that connection. Be mindful Be mindful um, as, as much as you can because as the day goes by, uh, the world will be a crowbar that, that uh, will separate you from mindfulness, right? Um, it's really hard to be mindful unless we are actively, intentionally doing it all the time because you know as well as I do, you live in your head, right? 
be mindful the here and now um, also in the bedroom sex can become very routine you um, are with someone for a very long time you know what they like he knows what you like you know so this happens and this happens there's like this routine um, and like clockwork uh, it, it just plays out the same time um, and yeah you guys may have orgasms um, but it, it you, you you stop having a uh, three-dimensional sexual experience right and to kind of change that up be mindful experience mindfulness in everything the touch the smell the the go super micro you know the back of her ear and the the uh, the the way that his finger feels and the look in his eyes and like just experience the person um, like you like it's your first time right the kiss you know I was gonna say and this is really important um, if I hadn't mentioned it before uh, John Gottman talks about the six second kiss and if I have mentioned it before it's okay because I can't say it enough we don't kiss anymore you know, we, we give each other pecks on the cheek or we kiss because um, it's just a quick kiss. See you later. I love you, whatever. But to actually kiss, to be mindful, to like look into someone's eyes or to close your eyes and feel the lips and to put intention and energy behind the kiss, you know, to actually feel the kiss. When's the last time you kissed someone and it brought up butterflies or tingles or you felt something? Because if your answer is like high school, then it's time to bring back the six-second kiss. And the way that you do it is to be extremely mindful and present. Um, now, of course, if your relationship is on the rocks and there's a lot of anger and resentment, of course, it's going to be hard to kiss, kiss with passion and do it mindfully. But if you want to grow your relationship, um, this is one of the things that it takes, you know. And I say six-second kiss because uh, according to John Gottman... Um, he was someone who researched uh, divorce and couples and he was a master at predicting um, who would get a divorce and um, he recommended two six second kisses a day and and uh, let me ask you this do you do that do you kiss passionately mindfully for six seconds twice a day I'm gonna bet you do not because most people don't. So number four is mindfulness in everything, inside the bedroom, outside the bedroom, being an active listener. And I gave you a lesson about that, right? Person-centered, being very present, empathetic. All of that under the is under the umbrella of mindfulness. Also, when we eat, I used to sit down, and this is very embarrassing um, because I was never taught any manners, and just inhale my food. Um... My ex-wife came from a uh, family where they had a lot of manners. And so when we would go out in the early stages, I mean, she was just, I think she was shocked and disgusted because I would basically finish my food before she took like three bites, right? And so I was not being, being mindful or present. I was uh, just stuffing food down my face. So that's an example of how um, something kind of mundane but really day to day that shit adds up and you know what it turns people off and it disconnects people you know um so to be mindful when you eat because um having meals with each other is a huge part of being in any relationship right um so being mindful while you're eating 
eating at the same pace, right? Um, having a conversation, enjoy, and, and, and eating, and enjoy, enjoying um, your food, tasting it, uh, appreciating it, um, observing your partner eat and her experience, like all of that, right? Just being super mindful. Eating is not a task. Being with your partner is not a task. And if it feels like a task, then you need to definitely reboot um, and start being mindful and being present with your partner, guys. You are living with your partner, not around. Number five, practicing gratitude. And what I mean by this is being grateful for what you have in your relationship, you know. Um, and in your person, it's so easy as life goes on and as one year becomes two years and suddenly you've been in something for four or five years, it's very easy to take people for granted, right? And I want to remind you that if you want to grow your relationship, you have to make an effort to be, gra- to be grateful and to practice gratitude. And the way that you do that is to notice things about your partner that you love. Right, I mentioned the uh, story in the lesson before about the um, the person who noticed the hands of her husband that she's very, she was very annoyed by, and then in that moment, um, she was reminded what she loved about him. Right, seeing his hands and how his hands uh, handle food and her children and all of that stuff. Right, so that was for her, but for you. I don't know what it is, but be grateful. And to be grateful, you have to notice the great qualities about your girlfriend, your wife, whoever you're dating, um, that you don't see anywhere else, you know? That makes her unique and beautiful. And when you do, you can, you can remind yourself um, how good things are. Because most people, we we sit there and we take a black light to our relationship and we constantly remind ourselves how bad things are, what could be better, this needs to improve, you know, he needs to lose weight, she needs to do that, blah, blah, blah. And if that's how we're thinking, right, that's the complete opposite of being grateful. Um, Whatever you feed grows and eventually you are going to drift and be interested in other people, right? So... To come back to your relationship, to grow your relationship, practice gratitude and do it daily. And listen, I know it's hard. I have to remind myself all the time. And there are times that I'm, you know, completely um, taking for granted um, whoever I choose to love, all of her characteristics and kindness and, and, and things like, even something like um, scratching my back, right? Something that I um, am always asking for. <laughs> I can't reach... I can't reach um, my entire back, so I always need it scratched. I have a back scratcher, and I also have um, corners of walls I lean against, and I try to scratch. But, of course, nothing feels better than um, your lover scratching your back, right? And so I ask for that a lot, and it's easy for me, if it happens all the time, um, that it's expected, you know. And right before bed, come out of the shower, okay, my back's going to be scratched or whatever. Um, To be grateful for that, you know, to be reminded that she doesn't have to do that right that is a gift so practice gratitude that's number five number six this goes with number five notice the small things it's always about the small things i mean yes there's a macro you know there are big things like your attraction and 
the things you guys are building together and um, you know your 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 values and and all of these things of course that's obvious but we forget the little things and I think that love comes in moments you know um, I'm all about the little things to me the little things sometimes mean more than the big things like you know the note that she left right the thing that she said the twinkle in her eye the look um, the meal that she made um, or maybe you know or maybe it's uh, maybe he got up early and washed your car for you uh, and I've done this and this is a uh, uh, and if you're someone who um, whose love language is acts of service, that's going to go a long way, right? And it's a small thing, right? So it's it's not about um, money or big big things. It's it's to me it's a little small thoughtful things um, that also uniquely your partner uh, is only is the one that brings to the table. You know the way that she. Uh, the twinkle, the, the the way that she squints, the way that she walks up in the morning and does, I don't know, the way that she makes her coffee or the way that she um, moves a certain way or, or the way that she comes behind you, uh, comes up behind you when you're doing the dishes or the way that she kisses your neck. So like really small things that you noticed, um, maybe that you haven't noticed in a long time, start to notice them. And again, guys, don't just think about these things these are action steps. These are to do's, right? I'm giving you a list to do. So notice things. Think about all the, the, the small moments. Notice things that you love about your partner. This is how you grow your relationship. Number seven, give each other space. Uh, this is a huge one, I think. Many, especially if the um, love is very powerful. Uh, there's a lot of room for enmeshment and codependency and suddenly you define love as um, being with your partner every minute of the day right um, I think it's wonderful if you have that kind of connection that's great then you know what don't ruin it by losing your life because if you lose your life um, in the relationship uh, she is no longer going to be interested in you that it's, it's, it's not going to sustain the relationship, right? Or, and vice versa. So um, you got to give each other space. When you don't give each other space, what you're doing is, in a subtle way, you're controlling, right? You're creating an unsafe space um, by grabbing the relationship instead of holding it. The way that you hold a relationship is by giving each other space. If you start to grab relationships, um, your space is unsafe, right? No one likes to be grabbed. Also, when you give each other space, there's a sense of confidence, not only confidence in the relationship, but also confidence in self, right? There's also That also means that you trust a person. So it's like, go do what you want to do and have fun. I support you. Um, let me know what you need, right? Giving someone space in that way. Also giving someone uh, space by being... Um, someone who has the ability to provide a safe space right so um being responsible for your energy um, obviously no character assassination no hitting people right that is not a safe space um, but giving each person their own space to be them also physical listen um if you're going to move in with someone and it's a studio apartment i would think twice living with someone is already a very big deal 
make sure that each people has their own space where they could nest and refuel, uh, especially if you're an introvert, you know. Uh, and also, just because you don't mind sharing space doesn't mean that your partner does, right? Uh, most people, especially introvert, introverts, need their own space and need to be alone and need to reboot by doing their own thing. And a lot of people will take that as, oh, that means that she doesn't love me. No, it means that she's a human being and she needs her own, <laughs> she needs her own space, right? So that's number seven, is if you want your relationship to grow, you, you have to give each other um, your own space. Now, I get it when you're in high school because you don't know anything and all you know is what you feel and you want to be with the person 24-7 and you can't go take a shit without the other person uh, being right next to you, right? But you're not in high school anymore. And if you are in high school, <laughs> then start early. Listen to me right now. And start giving each other space. All right. Last one, number eight. Get a life. This has nothing to do with your partner. This has to do with you. Your partner has his responsibility. You have yours. You guys both need your own life. Now, I understand that sometimes um, shit hits a wall. We get unemployed. Um, we don't know what our passion is. We go through transitions. We move. We start over. Uh, sometimes we don't have a life in that way, right? And sometimes our life is chaotic. That's totally fair, but that's also temporary. So um, then the action is to do everything you can to start building a life again, right? When people don't get a life, when people do nothing and sit on the couch and just get depressed and negative, your relationship is going to stop growing. And usually um, what I find is one person is like this, and the other person holds it as long as she or he can until it affects their relationship and, and he or she can't do it anymore. And most of the time it's too late because feelings have changed. So this is why you have to um, do it before feeling. Once feelings have changed, it's really hard to get people back into um, being in a relationship together on the same page, you know, really fighting for something. So get a life. How do you get a life? Okay, well, start doing things that make you feel alive. Let's start there, right? Have friends. You can't get a life if you have no friends, right? Have friends, and they shouldn't just be her friends. Have your own friends. Do things that make you feel alive. Um, let me start with my story. So after my divorce, I had to go through my rebirth. Um, and, you know, the great thing about a divorce is you shake your life etch-a-sketch. Well, uh, for many divorces, I don't know about, about you guys, but for me, uh, I left and had nothing. So I had to find a job. I didn't have money. I didn't have friends. Um, I had no sense of purpose. Um, I didn't have anything, really. And But the good news about that is because I didn't have anything, I started with a blank canvas, which meant I could create any kind of life I wanted to, right? And so, like, I had nothing to lose. Um, and of course, there were days where I was lonely and depressed, and it, I'm not saying that it was easy, but me getting a life was spending a lot of time with myself and asking myself, um, what do I want? What do I like? What kind of debt do I want to make in this world? How can I give? You know, when you don't make it about you and you start making it about other people, the universe actually ends up making it about you, you know? So then I started a blog and I started writing. How can I be creative? Um, I started eating out a lot because I enjoyed it. You know, I bought a motorcycle because I've always wanted one. 
Um, I found uh, fitness, uh, and I had a poor connection with my body, and I wanted to challenge myself mentally, right? Uh, then I started making friends, and uh, I started hanging out with them and having some deep conversations. And so all of this, you know, um, created a life, and I got a job, right? I got a paycheck, and then I started building a private practice, and, you know, etc. So you need to get a life. I don't know where you're at in your life, but you need to get a life. The other way to not have a life is if all you do is work. So if you're working 90 to 100 hours a day, and maybe you may be making great money, I don't know. Um, but if you're doing that, and you, you probably don't have much time for anything else. And to me, that's not a life, right? That's just chasing paper, um, being overworked. Uh, that's not self-care. That's not a life. So maybe getting a life means to slow down. Maybe getting a life means to um, take a lower-paying job so the quality of your life goes up and you have more time to invest in your relationship or your children uh, or things that are important to you. But either way, if you don't have a life, uh, your relationship will not grow. I used to think back in the day that, you know, if I was negative and unhappy and I didn't have a life, well, then it's our problem because she's we're together, you know. It's do or die, right? It's it's <laughs> we're in this together and um a that's selfish and that's not true. Um and I think I kind of caught that or or I think that came from uh, culturally um my dad teaching me that because that's his definition just from old school Korean cultural shit. Um, no independence, codependency, you know, we're, there is something romantic about we're in this together and I get that, but no one's responsible for your happiness except yourself. So get a life. All right, real quick, let me uh, recap for you. If you want to grow your relationship, you're doing these things, not just thinking about them. You are doing these things in action and you are doing them not once, but every single day, right? You're living this way, and this is how relationships grow. One, giving up the need to be right, right? Um, remember, and again, remember, it's not about how many times you fight, it's how you fight. So you're giving up the need to be right, and if you're going to have a conflict or you're going to have an argument, make it healthy and coming from love. Um, that could also connect you guys. You're not arguing for, to, just to win, right? Take interest in what interests her. Be interested, even if you're not. If it's not your thing, then it's an opportunity for you to stretch. You know, if, if if rock climbing is not your thing, well, or it scares the shit out of you, then try it and see if you can grow from it. You know, see what you can learn from it. it doesn't mean that you have to. It has to be your favorite hobby. If you hate dancing and she loves salsa dancing, well, try it. Give it a shot. Like, is it gonna kill you? No, you know what it's going to do? It's going to make her appreciate that you're making an effort, you know, and that's what's important. Never stop courting her. Also, never start, stop courting him, vice versa, too. Um, always flirt. It shouldn't end because it's been a certain amount of years or because, you know, things have happened or, you know, people's bodies have changed or whatever chemistry has changed. Uh, then all the more reason, you know, always court each other. Be mindful in everything you do, especially sex, intimacy. Be present. Number five, practice gratitude. Find things about your partner that you notice or maybe that you haven't noticed in a long time. 
and be so grateful for them because um, you get that because you're with that person, you know, and it's so easy for us to forget. Number six, notice the small things. It's not about the big things. It's about the little things. Love comes in moments. Notice it, Notice the glance, the way that they say thank you, the way that her upper lip curls or the way that she uh, squints her eyes or, or I don't know, you know, makes dinner for you or massages your neck or the way that he touches your knee when you guys are driving. Notice the small things. Uh, they are big. Number six, give each other space. The relationship is not owned by you. It is shared. You guys have to have your own space. And number eight, get a life. You need your own life. She needs her own life. And when you guys do all these things, right, and it sounds like a lot, but it's not if you're just living this way as a lifestyle, your relationship will grow. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordeaux, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive.